wrestling fans, are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back, so deal with it. Let's do this! Awesome. 19 days to go until WrestleMania 31. Welcome back, folks, to WrestleRant Radio right here on EC Radio. Cheap Pop with the thumbs up and everything. Mick Foley style sitting alongside the person who I came in contact with one year ago today. I'm all about the dates, baby. And he's wearing the same shirt I saw him wearing one year ago. I said, who's that kid wearing the Daniel Bryan Yes shirt? And is he a wrestling fan? I brought him onto the show one year ago, seeing if he had any knowledge, and he's one of the most knowledgeable wrestling fans I've ever met. And he's sitting right alongside of me. This is RJ Marceau. How's it going tonight, RJ? How do you how, like? How do you know that? <laughs> kid loves the anniversaries. Love it. Love it. Love right, the dates. I'm, doing, I'm doing, doing good tonight, though, so... I don't know. We got we're only a few weeks short of WrestleMania. There's a lot of people out there that are not doing good, but it is what it is. We have our illustrious guests here tonight. We've got Jacob Bloom at Jacob Bloom on the Twitter. How's it going tonight, Jacob? <laughs> illustrious. Uh, well, <laughs> I I can't live up to the intro, but I appreciate it, buddy. I think so, man. This, the, you might be the only three-time guest we've had here on the show, with the exception of oh. Actually, we might have. A, we, this might be our first. I don't know mm. if we've had anyone on here three times. Had, I'm not sure. My, Mike's uh, been on here twice. John's, John's been on here twice. Why? Maybe just once. once yeah. I think it was once. Yeah. So he might be the only three-time guest three in history. Three-time restaurant champ. That, that's like. something to behold. That is something to be proud of. But Raw last All night, right. not the not the greatest show in the world, but just just overall. Before we dissect the show, um, I really wanted to talk about this. So RG, I'll start with you first. Um, a lot of people are saying that this is like before the show. People are like, I don't know if I'm excited about WrestleMania. You were there last year, so you would know. You love the show. I watched it from here at the dorm. I thought it was great. Um, but a lot of people are saying this is one of the worst builds to WrestleMania in recent history. So I'm gonna get your thoughts on that. Are you still excited for WrestleMania? Is that a question? I'm still excited for WrestleMania. <laughs> but There's a lot of people that aren't. That's why I, I ask. Okay, it's not like I'm not excited. I just think that the build could be better. I feel like they haven't really done much with Reigns and Lesnar. Even though Lesnar was on TV last night, they just did the Heyman promo. They've had like the icy title. I think that's like the most built match, pretty much. They keep going back and forth, the icy title thing. Um, I'm trying to think what else they have. Rusev and Cena. Blah. Taker and Wyatt, that's something. And then Sting and Triple H. But I think it's not the best, but last year we were saying the same thing. And... That's it true. turned out for the better, so. Exactly. I mean, we'll never really know until come March 29th, until the show happens. I mean, like we were saying, we were talking on uh, on uh, Twitter last night with Mike. Is this is this match going to be crap? I mean, it very well might be when it comes to the main event, Stinger, Triple H, Undertaker, and Wyatt. All these matches could be crap for all we know. But as of right now, they could be good. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. But, Jacob, are you still excited for WrestleMania regardless of this terrible build that we've gotten so far? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm a, me being, you know, I'm a, I'm a, like a wrestling, uh, oh, good lord, it's not a good way to start. <laughs> no, I'm a pure wrestling, I'm a pure wrestling fan, and I believe that there's a lot of, a lot of potential, even in every, every match that I've seen announced, there's a lot of potential for it to be exciting, actual pro wrestling, so I am excited for WrestleMania. 
I'm still looking forward to it regardless. I mean, the build so far has been, I don't even want to say terrible. It's just been very odd. It's been very lackluster, I think is the word for it. Because last week we had a great Raw that I really enjoyed. And then last night we have the booking with Cena and Rusev. The Los Matadores going over the Usos and all this other weird, <laughs> weird stuff. Like, the build for WrestleMania right now, I don't even know how to describe it. So, But come March 29th, it's all on the line. We're still watching it regardless, no matter how bad it may be. But um, hopefully it does not continue the streak of WrestleMania's uh, 25, 27, and 29. All odd-numbered even uh, odd numbered WrestleManias were not that good. So I'm hoping the streak ends this year. But um, speaking of such, last night on Monday Night Raw, we had John Cena versus Rusev confirmed for WrestleMania. A lot more matches confirmed for WrestleMania as of last night. Um, in the fashion that it happened, Rusev was forced to submit by John Cena after applying the SDF lawn in predictable fashion, said we will grant you a U.S. title match at WrestleMania. And that was pretty much it. And that's supposed to be your number one babyface and the role model for the kids. And I know I'm dissecting this a little too much, but I don't know. I just didn't get it. So, um... Jacob, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the segment last night with Cena and Rusev? Um, I would like to think that uh, I what a little hope I have left for uh, the for the creative side of the WWE. I would hope would be used to make this Rusev's coming out party because as far as like straight because there's a lot of heels in the WWE, but there's very few like straight heels that people like don't like. I feel like Rusev is one of the last ones because. Anytime you have a guy who's doing promos like Paul Heyman, is Lesnar can't really be viewed as a heel. Seth Rollins is too athletically gifted and exciting to watch to be a true heel. So I feel like they could use this opportunity to make just a monster and have John Cena be beaten by Rusev on the WrestleMania stage. The whole building. I really hope that. No, go ahead. I just that's what I'm excited for. I'm excited to see if maybe they'll take that turn with him. I am excited for the match though. The match of Fastlane I thought was really good and it showed a lot of potential in this feud. I mean, like we've said before, I won't be pissed off if John Cena wins at WrestleMania. I'll just be disappointed, not because we got the wrong winner, because we knew from like the start of this angle that John Cena was going to be the one to beat Rusev. I'll just be disappointed that WWE didn't think this through, especially after the thing with Wyatt last year and how that ended up turning out. I mean... It's been a good build for Wyatt and Taker, and Wyatt's been picking up a lot of wins and since he came back in October. But imagine how hotter that match would be between Taker and Wyatt had he been you know, built up strongly since last year, had he, been, had he beaten John Cena and then gone on to face The Undertaker. So what could have been, I guess we'll never really know. But the match itself could be good, and we'll have to wait and see to see how it pans out come WrestleMania. But RJ, what were your thoughts on the confirmation of this match last night on Monday Night Raw? Very predictable. Um, I think we knew this. Like I said, I thought like he maybe kidnapped Lana and then something like that comes out. But has Rusev and SDF, taps out, and Lana says, all right, we got a match at WrestleMania. So I think it was stupid how they had him tap out, too. They should have just had him like pass out like Cena did because then it's like exactly. tapped out. So I, exactly. He didn't uh, give up. Yeah. Exactly. But um, it, it's so predictable. I think we all saw this coming. But ho I'm having hope that Cena doesn't win, but I, I just... just no, Cena's gonna win. So. We know John Cena's gonna win. I'll just be sighing when it happens and be like, "Ugh, you gotta be kidding me!" But still, though, I mean that match should be good. It's a nice a little boost for Rusev, but it's all about the aftermath. We've talked about it before um, with Bray Wyatt. The aftermath was not good. He lost to him. Bray Wyatt beat John Cena at Extreme Rules. It was just the fact that the feud sucked beyond that point. I mean, they had that good little choir thing on Raw last year, like that was really cool. But the match that Sunday blew. Like that was oh, Extreme so Rules. Yeah, the steel oh, cage. Oh my god. Absolutely deplorable. Then I just kept on dragging on and on and on. But 
Still, though, in regards to the Cena-Rusev match, one can only hope that they can continue to build Rusev strongly coming out of WrestleMania. They need top heels. They have Rollins, they have Rusev, and they have Wyatt. But if, if, if all three of those guys lose at WrestleMania, Wyatt, Rusev, and Rollins, they're going to be in a bad place when it comes to top heel challengers for Reigns. If he wins the title, if he still has the title coming out of WrestleMania, we'll have to wait and see. But RJ, you mentioned Brock Lesnar last night on Monday Night Raw and kind of lack thereof of what he did on the show, which was pretty much absolutely nothing. He kind of just stood there in the ring, didn't say a single word, and then just let Heyman do his, sh uh, his shtick, which I thought was phenomenal. But uh, what were your thoughts on the, uh, on the lack of use of Brock Lesnar last night? I think I think they pretty much misused him since he ever came back. I feel like he never says the last three years. Exactly. I think I feel like he never says anything. The most he does is walking out and having his pyros go off and do the little like rip chest thing. I don't even know what the hell it's called, but besides the, the Lesnar thing, yeah. yeah, and then jumping onto the onto the apron. That's pretty much all the stuff he did last night. Pretty much. I think that's all he does. I think they should just keep the mic away from him, anyways. <laughs> the farm. I, mean, I just keep getting rec like reminding of the farm boy and. I'm gonna kick your ass because I'm yeah, a farm Yeah, I remember that. I remember I'm that. I'm an ass kicker. Like I just think of that. I'm like, just keep the mic away from the guy. But I think Denise should have some confrontation between him and Reigns before WrestleMania. But it's only 19 days away, and they still haven't done anything yet. So, and he's he only has probably one more date left before probably the go home show for WrestleMania. So they've got two Raws left. I know for a fact he's not on next week's show. And I mean, technically, maybe they could fly him in, considering the fact that he did not appear at the Raw that he was supposed to appear on two weeks ago or whatever it was. So I would hope they could, uh, you know, kind of find a loophole and bring him in for next week's Raw. I don't, too, have much uh, faith in that, that they're going to do that. But regardless, so the use of Brock Lesnar, I mean, like you said, he's not a good mic worker. So I'm not saying send him out there on his own and, you know, have a 20-minute promo like he did when he first came back without Heyman there. Like, that was deplorable. Um, but still, I mean, the, the reason I bring this up is that two months ago, going out of the Ray of Rumble, the guy was hot as hell. Like, the promos that he was cutting were really, really good. Even that sit-down interview on the Snowden edition of Raw, and when he went out there to destroy, who was it? I think Seth Rollins on the Raw before Royal Rumble. Like, people thought he was turning babyface because he was that over, and the match itself was phenomenal, but it's all been downhill since then. And we were talking about beforehand... Was it the, or is it the fact that Lesnar's leaving, that he doesn't care? Does WWE not care after the whole walkout a couple weeks ago? They're in a very odd place, but we'll talk about Heyman's promo in just a few minutes. But the use of Brock Lesnar is what's disappointing me right now, because like you said, RJ, he has one more date left, and that's only one more opportunity to have them confront Reigns and Lesnar, because right now that match has nothing to it, with the exception of Paul Heyman's phenomenal promo. So, uh, Jacob, I want to get your thoughts on the lack of use of Brock Lesnar recently on Raw. I'm actually, uh, excuse me, I'm actually kind of in disagreement here. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I've enjoyed how they've used him since he's been back. I know he's a sparse champion, and that's, you know, your opinions on what, like, everybody has different opinions on what that does to a title. But I like the fact that he is an attraction. I enjoy that aspect. I like the aspect of not knowing what's going in. And because as wrestling fans, like, I, as a wrestling fan, I always see, like, like, you know, the Raw before the the Raw before the pay-per-view, you know, if, if whoever has, it's like the reverse momentum. And I enjoy not having that aspect of Lesnar. I enjoy having the the legitimate surprise of how a match happens with him in it. I enjoy what he's doing. And Paul, I, he's not good on the microphone, obviously. He, his personality comes from his overall physical presence. I don't think that, I don't think that to be a, uh, an entertaining professional wrestler, you need to have amazing or good mic work. I think if you have a presence, 
Like, a lot of the greatest wrestlers in history, in my opinion, they were, were great. Like, guys like Bruiser Brody, Abdullah the Butcher, you know, Cactus Jack when he was, you know, in the early 90s. A lot of people, you can have a good presence and a good charisma and not be good on the microphone. And I love the mouthpiece. I mean, obviously, Paul Heyman's the best thing on Raw every Monday night. He has been for years, pretty much. But uh, it's just, I enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoy how they've used Brock Lesnar since they brought it back. I think with Brock Lesnar, I like the fact that he's an attraction, as you mentioned, and I'm not at all saying that he should be on every Raw or anything like that, but I feel like when they do have him for those you know, very few dates that he works and the few dates that he works before pay-per-views and stuff like that, they should get the most out of him. And that, I mean, if you really think about it, the promo that we got last night with Paul Heyman, you didn't need Brock Lesnar to be there. I mean, he was a great visual when Paul Heyman was talking him up and like, he's the most dominant person on the planet. Like, it was great to be able to see Brock Lesnar, but I feel like when he's on the show, you could be doing more with him. He does not need to speak, like I said before, but at the very least, do what you do or what you did with him in the past, like back, you know, a couple of years ago when he first came back. He would come out, destroy 3MB, The Miz, you know, whoever. Um, he already has heat, so that's not a matter of getting heat on him. But it's more the fact of establishing his dominance, giving him something to do. Like when he beat up Jericho a couple months ago, like I really liked that because it, 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 it gave him something more to do, you know what I mean? So I feel like they yeah. can be making more uh, of Lesnar's use on the show. Yeah, I agree with that. I just think that they, if anything, they dropped the ball by having him lose the Cena in 2012. Like, if his build as a machine and as a monster, if he, you know, he could have came back and he could have had a well-fought-out war. He should have, the, the first match, the first match lost to John Cena, I feel, has taken a lot out of his allure since his return. That's the only thing I don't agree with, and I don't, I feel like he should have beat, he should have beat Cena clean twice. If they want to build him into be this monster, you know, undefeatable guy, he should have beat Cena twice, beat Punk, beat Taker, Beat Big Show. I don't know why Beat the fuck they even helped. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Beat Triple H. Like, I don't think he has, he should have not lost a match since his return. If they wanted, the build they're giving him right now would have been so much more effective if he had remained undefeated since he came back. I absolutely agree. I think we can all agree that in retrospect, even three years later, that loss to John Cena makes oh absolutely no God. sense. Worst loss of all time. I understand. Cena- Cena literally had two offensive moves. FU. I think he kicked him and had the FU onto the steel steps. On the steps. steel steps and got the one, two, three from oh. there. I mean, I understand. I still didn't agree with it, but the, when he Triple H beat him at WrestleMania, like to kind of get vengeance for him beating him at SummerSlam, don't agree with that. But the Cena loss was even worse because it was like two yeah. or three weeks right after Brock Lesnar came back. And I mean, they had him go out the next night, break someone's arm. It's not like he was dead in the water. I mean, he's, now he's champion. But it's like... Why would you have him lose his first match back? You know, I mean, just the way that it was booked. I mean, even years later, that still does not make any sense to me whatsoever. You know. But if you've noticed, they've done everything they can to try to make you forget that long. Exactly. Happened. So I feel like they, they made a mistake too. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's the rubber match. Like, not, not really. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. They, just, they do everything they can to like not mention that his losses to Triple H and Jesse. Well, here's the thing, too. It's not even like, oh, we're going to give Brock Lesnar his win back down the line. Because if you really think about it, had Daniel Bryan not gotten injured, it would have been Bryan versus Lesnar at SummerSlam last year. And we probably would have never gotten Brock Lesnar versus John Cena. Maybe they would have done it at the Rumble. I guess we'll never really know. But um, had things gone accordingly to plan and had Bryan not gotten injured, we would have gotten that match at SummerSlam and Lesnar may have never gotten his win back over John Cena. But even in that dominant fashion that he beat him at SummerSlam last year... It still makes no sense, and it does not erase that loss for Brock Lesnar. He's still, and then he well, lost again at Night of Champions too. He lost. I mean, I know it was via DQ, but that still pissed me off as well. I never really understood that. But um. just a, imagine if they would have done it like 
if they'd had him beat Taker at WrestleMania and then not have him touch John Cena until this year's WrestleMania. They could have built up that, you know, that, that rematch between Cena and then have the performance he gave to, to uh, like, uh, to, the performance that they, they two, those two put on a SummerSlam. Can you imagine having that on a grand stage like a WrestleMania? Like, if you want people talking, that would have been incredible. Mm-hmm. And then you could have you could have done some more build after that. I just, I feel like the <clears throat> Daniel Bryan getting injured really put a, put a wrench in the, uh, the plans, I think. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think with John Cena and Brock Lesnar, that's a match that could have meant something had they waited a little bit longer. And I'm not even going to say that's not likely, like, oh, they wouldn't do that at WrestleMania. I mean, SummerSlam and WrestleMania are two different shows, but SummerSlam is still like their summer WrestleMania. And they did it in the main event of their show of shows for the summer. So, I mean, it's not completely out of the question that they could have done that at WrestleMania. Um, That said, though, I feel like at this point, the biggest loss to WWE is not losing Brock Lesnar. It's losing Paul Heyman. I think because Paul Heyman's on the show every single week, he's cutting these god-tier promos, and then Brock Lesnar shows up every, every once in a while. I would miss Brock Lesnar if he, lo- if he leaves WWE, and he probably will. I mean, 99% sure that he is um, after WrestleMania. Paul Heyman, though, if he walks with Brock Lesnar after WrestleMania, it's going to do a lot of damage to the, I don't know, level of promos of Monday Night Raw. I'm not going to say the overall quality, because even Paul Heyman isn't on every single week. But he has been a pretty consistent character since Lesnar came back three years ago. So, um, Jacob, I want to start with you. What are your thoughts on Paul Heyman potentially leaving WWE and your thoughts on his promo last night on Monday Night Raw? Uh, I'll start with the promo, if I may. I thought that was... Uh, everybody was pissed about Lesnar and Reigns after the rumble. Everybody was pissed. And then they have that weird blizzard Raw, and that I watched a seven-minute interview single-handedly get me excited for a match that I couldn't care less about, and it was because, well, it was, uh, you know, it was 75% Paul Heyman talking to Roman Reigns, and it was 25% their altercation they had. It was very intense. Um, so I, Paul Hay- to say Paul Heyman is useful in the company as far as getting people excited for matches is a huge understatement. Uh, I don't, I would hope he wouldn't leave. I would hope uh, in a perfect world he could align himself with Seth Rollins because as good as Seth Rollins is on a microphone, he's gotten, I mean, if you remember, I don't know if you watched any of them back when he was Tyler Black and uh, Ring of Honor, but his, uh, his promo work, above all else, has just become phenomenal. He was god-awful back then. Like, the developmental system has really helped him with promos, but uh, the I would like to see that alignment happen, maybe a like a double cross of Brock Lesnar. Like they're going to really write Brock Lesnar off, and they want and Paul Heyman still wants to stay. I feel like they can maybe go that route, but I really hope Paul Heyman doesn't go anywhere because it would just take a big chunk out of the entertainment for me personally out of Raw every Monday. If Heyman was to stick around, who would you put him with, or what would you do with him? Um, I would actually, uh, if I was if I was booking the territory, as people like to say, I would. Uh, I'd have Lesnar go over Reigns at WrestleMania in a very hard-fought match, you know, have a show of respect for, you know, a, an oddball show of respect by Brock Lesnar, and then have that not sit well with Heyman and, uh, you know, have, have you, you have to use four or five guys and you have to get those authority douchebags involved, I guess. But uh, kind of have Paul Heyman back in Seth Rollins and uh, saying that if he didn't respect Lesnar, Lesnar doesn't show respect, he's a machine, and, you know, that's not what he signed up for. And I'd love to see Paul Heyman backing uh, Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins kind of telling the authority to go their own way. 
that's what I thought was going to happen in the Rumble. I thought there was a good chance that Heyman would turn him would turn on Brock Lesnar, join forces with Seth Rollins, and then I don't know what you Lesnar versus Rollins. I don't know what you would have done there, but um, I felt like there was a chance of that happening at Rumble. There's still a chance of it happening at WrestleMania too. I would put him with either Rollins or Reigns. Too, I've talked about this in the past, but. Reigns is not a good promo, obviously, and um, mm-hmm. I mean either one of those guys I feel like would be good fits. Anyone else? I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But um, you know, Cesaro, Axel, Ryback didn't pan out too well. That's not Heyman's fault. That's Creative's fault for the booking of those guys. That's another rant for another day. But you mentioned the sit-down interview the night after the Rumble, not being the sole thing that got you excited for the World Title match, and I could not agree more. I thought that was great. And why we haven't seen more of that since then is beyond me. You have both guys in the show. Lesnar's made a handful of appearances. And uh, Reigns hasn't been doing too bad. I think he's improved. He still has not got uh, 100% of the people in his back pocket. He probably never will. But uh, his fanfare has increased a little bit. But in comparison to the WrestleMania crowd, RJ, you were there last year. It's a rowdy crowd if I've ever seen one. Um, We'll have to wait and see to see how it kind of pans out with Reigns at WrestleMania. But RJ, I want to get your thoughts on the Heyman promo last night and what you do with Heyman after WrestleMania. If he was to stick around, would you want to see him leave? Um, I think that was probably one of the best promos he ever cut last night. I think... Got a lot of he and Lesnar and pretty much teased a lot of stuff for WrestleMania. Maybe he stays and then goes UFC, wins title. I doubt that'll happen, but they still teased it. That was great. They teased possible yeah. Montreal screw job. They might screw Lesnar out of the title and then how Lesnar would respond. Obviously, I think Lesnar would be fucking pissed if that happened. He'd literally kill someone. He ain't he, no Bret Hart. He, he would exactly, kill somebody. He would literally beat the shit out of Vance. That, that was happened. the scariest thing about him saying that last night. That yeah. it's, act, it's true. It's, it's true. true. He, he would, would do literally that. You know? Pick apart. Even Triple H <laughs> tried to do something. He kicked his ass. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Triple H wouldn't even know what to do. And um, I think I hope Le- I hope Heyman stays. I don't know why he would leave. I don't think he'd. Uh, when Lesnar left the first time, he went, he didn't go to UFC with Lesnar. Anyways, I like I would agree with Jacob. I think they should team up with Seth Rollins, even though he's good on the mic. I think and just get him more heat on Seth Rollins, even though he still has plenty of heat as it is. Mm-hmm. But like you said, have like Heyman like double cross Lesnar and then have Rollins cash in and win a title. Would you have Rollins well, leave the authority in that case? Yeah, and just align with Paul Heyman. Yeah, kind of. I would. I would just break up the authority altogether. They're already teasing <laughs> tension between Big Show and Kane, which I do not. I mean, like, bottom line here, nobody wants to see them face each other <laughs> coming out of WrestleMania. Been there, done that I a million so times. So see, like, it coming down to them two at WrestleMania, and then like one of them wins, and uh, then Extreme Rules have some yeah. stupidness. I mean, I'm not even gonna say that's out of the question. I mean, look back at the Rumble. Who were the final four in that Rumble? Big Show, Kane, then Roman and Rusev. Um, so I'm not going to even say that's not possible because there's a very good chance that it is. Um, that said, though, I feel like Heyman is a very valuable asset. They need to keep around him and Rollins, him and Reigns, whoever, I think is a great pairing. I think they're going to keep Reigns babyface, though, so it would make I, no I feel sense. Like this time, yeah. That's like Cesaro. I'm like, fucking screw that I, all up. Yeah. I would also like to see them give Heyman another stable like a like a dangerous alliance 2014 thing i think mm-hmm. they're they're really they're really missing out on a big opportunity you could give him you know what you, i would either i would love to see him with roman reigns too he does such a good job of making roman reigns seem legitimate if they could turn that into roman reigns like being pissed at the crowd and just being kind of like a silent assassin with paul Heyman as like a a, a mouthpiece for him i feel like that would work just as well as anything else they might even be as, as exciting as, as Brock Lesnar. I mean, if if that's the route they wanted to go, I'd, li- I'd, I'd like to see that too. I mean, that would be interesting. I think Roman Reigns interesting at least as a mm-hmm. champ with, you know. Yeah, exactly. Because that's just a strict babyface champ. He's not going to draw any money. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be exciting to watch. It's going to be weird pseudo, you know, urban sayings, and, and it's just going to be stupid. 
So I, I don't. He cannot carry a title by himself. It just, he, there's no way. There's no way. I would love to see that dynamic between Heyman and Reigns because, like you said, Reigns is not the best talker, and I feel like with Heyman, and as you said, the guy's not terrible in the ring. Is he great? By nowhere near that at all. But I feel like with Heyman in his corner and the silent assassin, like you said, I feel like I, I still feel like Reigns' best work of his career was when he was in the Shield. I mean, Obviously. he's only been here for three oh, yeah. years, and that goes without saying. Best in the Shield because he didn't have like he didn't stand out enough that like they. Kind of like glared up his weaknesses. He was very limited. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what he is now. Exactly. Like if you watch a match, it's kind of like he does his like little things and he does like all the baby face stuff. Or, like Superman the, punch spear. He does like, like the running like clothesline, mm -hmm. Superman punch spear. Like just like so Cena. Very formulaic. It's very formulaic. It's just such a baby face thing. It's, yeah. That's why I feel like I. That's why I love the idea from Jacob of a stable. I don't know who else you would put in there, but I'm sure you can include a few other guys in the current roster. I say they should have. Uh, Heyman, what? Heyman with Kevin Owens. Oh, that'd be great, too. I was just about to say, if you're going to put a stable, Owens in there would be great, if not like one-on-one, -on -one, like you said. I feel like if you're going to create a Dangerous Alliance stable, you could put Reigns or Rollins in there. You could put Kid and Cesaro in there. I feel like those two would mesh in perfectly. Um, oh, yeah, every stable needs a tag team. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Put those guys for in me, there. For me personally, I would love to see Rollins, Cesaro, Kid. I mean, Owens, obviously, but that's kind of a pipe dream. They're still doing kind of, they're still doing a lot of stuff. Up down there. Yeah. But, but if you had to put another fourth person in, and I know knowing creative would probably be the fuck up, excuse me, the big show. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I, feel, I feel like if you needed a fourth man out of everybody on the roster right now, as silly as this sounds, a, uh, a Damian Sandow post-Miz. Because he could be, he could be like the, uh, you know, the, the pompous Rick Rude character of the Danger of Alliance in the early 90s, just a really cocky, kind of better than everybody kind of dude. I, I feel like that would be my fourth. Do you feel like he should be a babyface coming out of WrestleMania, though, after all this Damian Mizdow stuff and the popularity that he's gotten? Yeah, I kind of. he would be well utilized as a babyface, but the only problem is, is after that, there is nobody for a babyface Damian standout to wrestle besides Miz. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> But there, there's nobody in that. So <laughs> it, it, there, there isn't. If you think about it, the heel, the heel, the, the, the face standout character is pretty much done after WrestleMania because mm -hmm. he's he's gonna go over Miz in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Like they've already set that up. Period. Like it's gonna come down to Miz and Sandow, and then Miz is gonna do the thing where he tells him to jump over the top rope, and Sandow's gonna you know double cross him. It's gonna be a huge pop. The place is gonna go nuts. But after that. The standout character's dead. Like there's no, there's nowhere to go with it. Mm -hmm. So he he needs to, this momentum as a boost and you know kind of go like uh, I've been underappreciated this whole time and yada 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 and, and take that route more. I think would be better. I like the Sandow pitch. I was also thinking when you said that there's another guy that I would love to see in there if possible. I feel like it, had he not been so buried. I mean, I use that term loosely, but it's so true. Had he not been so were like so badly utilized over the last couple of months. Bad News Barrett would be a good fit for that stable. Had he not lost every single one of his matches, I feel like he would be a good fit for that stable. But um, RJ, any thoughts on a potential stable involving Paul Heyman that you would like to see people involved in? I think it would be nice. I think I'd go with Rollins, Kid Cesaro, and then Cody Rhodes. Ooh, that'd be not nice. Start oh, I Cody would like Rhodes. to see that. That's yeah. good. That's Cody good. Rhodes is like the mid-card guy that they have in there. Yeah. I think that'd be nice. That'd be good. Get rid of that Stardust character. Oh. I love what he's doing right now. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love the the new blood 
you know, that, oh man, that's such a better choice than stand out, man. That is such a good call. <laughs> with going like just those four would be great. You have three younger guys, you know, uh, four younger guys. Cesaro's the rest. Cesaro and Kid are the wrestling workhorses, you know, Cody Rhodes and, and Rollins. But, but see, the problem is, is with stables, you need that, you need that, I think Cesaro could play that monster machine powerhouse role, but I don't, I just, I would love that, man. That's such a good game. Yeah, good call, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, though, I feel like that's such a much better alternative to the authority. Like, the authority, they get heat because people just don't want to see them on TV anymore. I mean, they maybe they got good heat in early 2013 or early 2014, like this point last year. During the peak of the build to WrestleMania when Daniel Bryan was feeding with Triple H, that was when the authority was at their best. Now you throw in Kane in the big show and Triple H and Stephanie emasculating all the heels and the baby faces and John Cena. Like, it makes no sense. So I feel like that'd be a great alternative to the authority. Um, that said, though, I mean, this is a bit of a stretch, and I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to, you know, make it seem like it's too great, but I feel like that could be this generation's version of, like, a four-horseman kind of stable. Not even, like, I mean, I know TNA tried to deal for a while with Fortune, but I feel like those four guys, they don't know how to wear, wear suits or anything like that, but I feel like from a wrestling standpoint, those could be, like, your new, the, the new next era, you know what I mean? But, uh, RJ, you mentioned Cody Rhodes. Now, this is WrestleRant Radio. I don't want to go on a, off on a huge tangent here. But this really angered me. Um, Stardust is now officially entered into the WrestleMania Intercontinental Championship ladder match, and he will not be facing Goldust one-on-one at WrestleMania. We've talked about this at nauseum over the last couple of months, over the last year or so, because we thought it was going to happen last year, and I felt like they wasted them in that battle royal. Now they're wasting Cody Rhodes in the IC title match, which has become a huge cluster muck. So I'm going to get your thoughts on the um, on the match between Cody Rhodes, Stardust, whatever, and Goldust being scrapped for WrestleMania. Well, I think after the whole Fastlane match, I thought oh, I thought they were going to continue the feud, and they kind of just dropped off. Well, they did the next night, too. Yeah, but I, don't know, I think yeah. they missed their opportunity there at WrestleMania. They could have had Cody, Ro- Cody Rhodes versus Goldust. The whole Stardust gimmick's really, like, pushing it now. Like, there's no need for this time. This generation's Goldust because it's just not needed. Cody Rhodes is so much better alone and by himself, not with Stardust. I think they're kind of just wasting him right now. I think... As Cody Rhodes, he'd be a great IC title champion, but with, like, to start us, it's so stupid. Yeah. I just think that... I think they should have just kept it for WrestleMania and not done the fast lane match, but... Yep, exactly. At least, they, at least they did it, I guess, but besides that... At least you finally got a match between the two, and someone pointed out to me last night that maybe the fast lane match kind of scared off WWE from doing a rematch because it wasn't too good. Personally, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, the, finish was, right. the finish was botched, and that was not their fault. It wasn't a great match, but it was all right. It was decent, but I felt like they could have added more to it because part of it was due to the fact that one, the crowd is crappy, and I don't blame them entirely because, like you said, they broke up on Monday. They faced each other on Sunday. Like, the build was so rushed, and it pissed me up beyond belief. But um, that said, though, I feel like, like you said, they could have done their match, the first ever encounter between the two at WrestleMania, and they didn't do that, and, and they ended up scrapping the feud altogether. At least we got a one-on-one match between the two, but it's a missed opportunity, and Stardust, and the IC title match at this point now has six people, and it was Stardust, Ambrose, Barrett, Harper, Truth, Ziggler, and Daniel Bryan might be in there too, maybe even Sheamus. Like that's way too many people for for an IC title ladder it's, match. It's, I mean, it's too many people because then who they are gonna put in the in the giant memorial? Exactly. So if they those... do the four man tag team match again. Yep. So that's two tag teams that make the ascension. Like, I guess like the other tag teams, but like the ascension have been the biggest dud since they came oh, in the WWE. God, <laughs> the whole <laughs> missed they messed that up with the whole LOD thing. 
Like, they should have made them... They should have just kept right. with the NXT gimmick that they had, which was fine. Uh, Instead, they had to give them face paint, like, Legion of Doom crap. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. They so misuse these guys. Just like Admiral. I can't stand Adam Rose. Oh, but Adam Rose. oh my God. Yeah, we were at the live event a couple weeks ago in Bridgeport. My little brother, who does not watch regularly, is like, are they like the new LOD? Are like the, the new Legion of Doom like they're trying to be, but they're not anything close to what Legion of Doom used to be? No, when you job to a commentator, you're no longer going to be considered intimidating. That's just how it works. <laughs> when you let a commentator completely take your head off of the clothes, don't get me wrong, JBL still throws an impressive clothesline, obviously. But you, you, you were job to a bunch of old horses like you're done mm -hmm. your gimmick's done the whole angle didn't serve any purpose like i would have understood if it led to demolition going into the hall of fame but that didn't happen or at least not yet or at least not this year but that was oh, a they're never gonna put matt born they'll never put matt born in the hall of fame the shit he said about the wwe over the years there's no way wait matt born i don't in, know matt born as in doink was demolition mm. he yeah. was are you serious you're i did not so. know that Nice. Yeah, the repo man. He was uh, he was demolition, and then he was the repo man, and then uh, not Matt Ford, not Matt Ford. Sorry, dude. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. I, got, I was I gonna say. My... I was gonna say. I know Sorry, he was the dude. repo man. No, it's okay. My bad. I got my name. No, it's okay. But I knew the I, repo I man. I just blew your that. mind for a second. Like, hold on, wait a minute. What? <laughs> Doink is demolition. Doink is demolition confirmed. But, um, yeah, the Ascension has been a complete dud since their, uh, since their arrival on the main roster. But I would have taken them over Los Matadores. At least they're more relevant than them. I mean, the New Day, maybe. The New Day sucks. Then why have them beat the tag champs clean on Raw? Like, that was it makes a them look somewhat viable, but the crowd waste. hates them. They suck. Oh, my God. <laughs> the WrestleMania crowd is going to poop all over them. I can't wait for they it. Would, see, I feel like they had a really, like, they were, like the WWE was really... Because yeah, I was in Fort Wayne. It was in my town the night the New Day debuted. <laughs> and oh, I, remember going, I, re I remember going, oh, yeah, this is going you know, to be kind of funny. And then when it happened, I'm like, what in the fuck is this? <laughs> like, this is the worst thing. Like, I feel like WWE had two hands out. They're like, okay, we could do this new age nation of domination. You're holding us back because we're, you know, a different skin color. Or we can make them evangelical preachers and just be super racist about it. Let's <laughs> screw it. Let's go racist. Let's just make them overtly so black. <laughs> exactly. It's so, so stupid. Dumb. They were. It, it was funny too because the reason why, from what I heard anyway, nothing confirmed. But the reason why they didn't do the new LOD or the new Nation of Domination NOD, excuse me, um, with Kofi Xavier and Big E was that it had a racist twist on it. But even if you put those guys together as a heel stable, it didn't need to be about race. Just three guys that are being overlooked, and they go out there to try to make an impact and send the message. It's that simple. The thing then, about that is, I feel like Kofi Kingston was never overlooked. I think he's always had like that mid card guy. He's had his fair share of championships, so I don't think that's the issue. Like, Big E would be, like, one of those guys. And Xavier Woods, they never Xavier did. Xavier Woods just never even got off the freaking... <laughs> guy never got him out of the freaking driveway. The guy was, was still parking in the driveway. Even he, never, he never got out of, like... Everyone's like, oh, Xavier Woods, and they stuck with freaking R-Truth. You get paired with R-Truth, your, your career's over. And he had the stupid Funkasaurus <laughs> gift. The <laughs> Funkasaurus, like, theme song. What a waste. And did, like, the hair flip. Oh, my yeah. God. The, the, this generation, the wrestling's version of, like, Eddie Murphy pretty much is what he was. I mean, yeah. it's funny. It's like him, Emma, like, they, they're so over in NXT. Then they go to the main roster, and they come they back, and they're like. They messed up Emma, they too. Met, they, oh, yeah, they messed her up big time. I mean, they've completely ruined her. Um, but on the she topic, was what was that? I, I said, in my opinion, the whole Emma thing wasn't even that great in NXT. Like, it, 
her the reason the, the reason she got over in NXT was her wrestling quality. Like exactly, exactly. But, but then when they brought her to the WWE, they really played up on the stupid fucking dance and, and the Santino music. and Santino. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god! Just let her wrestle. Yeah. Let her come out and be stupid and have a good match. Like they're going to do the same thing to Bailey when they when they bring Bailey to the main roster. Like yeah. it's just going to be high fives and hugs, and then she's going to job to like whatever divas in the ring. Summer <laughs> Summer yeah. That's the thing. That's I mean, they're they're doing better with the women. I'll give them that. The, the use of them last week was better. When AJ returned, she got a big. Okay, pop. what did they do this week? Natalia versus Naomi. Who gives a shit? And then they had AJ beat Summer Rae. And the Flintstones promo too. Summer Rae has been oh. so irrelevant since she debuted in WWE. Well, since she broke up with Fandango. She sucked at Fandango too. Well, at least she was more relevant with him than she is now. You know what I mean? Just like Rose is more relevant now. Oh God, Rose! At least she's out of the ring. Oh God, God forbid! At least she's out of the ring. You know what? I'm Eva's gonna, back I'm too, by the way. This is probably going to be an unpopular opinion, but uh, I kind of feel like they dropped the ball in New Fandango. I feel like New Fandango could have been rad. Like, I feel like they could have done something really cool with the dark and the mysterious Latin thing. Anybody but Rosa Mendez, she's a fucking idiot. But, like, I I kind of, I like the idea, I like the idea of, I like the idea, I like the idea of bad guy like dark, but was like violent. And then I was like, yeah, whatever. Because Johnny Curtis is a great competitor. He's, a, he's great good, on the microphone, great in the ring, but it's just like the WWE's like, we're just going to stunt your moveset and make you talk like an idiot. <laughs> and then, like, I'll never forget the first time First time I saw one of those Fandango promos. I was like, this is really what they're going to do to Johnny Curtis? Like, this, this is what they've got for him? A dancer? Oh, God. Yeah, he was so misused. Just like, just like uh, Derek Bateman. Oh, Ethan Carter yeah. third, yeah. I he mean, has done so well in TNA. Crap, he, all, crap on TNA all you want, but like you said, they, their best. they've made him a star. I mean, yeah. yeah, if there's any one example of them making a star of an ex-WWE young talent, it's Ethan Carter or Derek Bateman. Like, he's been doing really well over there. He's so funny. Um, <laughs> he, he's funny, and he's so great in his role, but um, what were we talking I, about I before? Fondango, you were talking about too. I feel like even the new Fondango, when they brought him back, I feel like he's never going to get anywhere in WWE with, with the dancing gimmick. I think that's damaged goods. Yeah. And he got it over too the night after WrestleMania, and Jericho's disappointed with the fact that he let him beat him I at think, WrestleMania, yeah, you know? I don't think you can give him credit. I don't think you can give it credit. I think they. I think the gimmick got over because the crowd was ironically shitting on it. I don't know if that's getting over. <laughs> I just like the like Ascension the in NXT, yeah. Yeah. Like, the crowd made a joke about it, and then, like, the WWE's like, look, they like us. It's like, no, dude, you're getting made. It's like <laughs> that corny dude in high school that gets made fun of and thinks he's, like, one of the cool things. No, it's stupid. We just we made fun of it. Let it go. Yeah, like I said, yeah, the exactly. whole Fandango gimmick from the beginning was stupid. I think any dancing gimmick will never get over, and it was it's just so dumb. Vince loves dancing gimmicks. I don't know why. Well, it's the same guy that made the um, Viagra commercial on Monday Night Raw. The guy is, like, out of touch. I mean, the guy is beyond out of touch. Remember the whole Vicky Guerrero yeah. puking on, uh, or it was it was Stephanie puking on, on uh, Vicky last summer? Did you remember that? When yeah. Roman, yeah. Roman Reigns, like, uh, poisoned her coffee or something like that, and she ended up puking all over Vicky. Like, that was gross, and it had Vince written all over it. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but you mentioned Ethan Carter, Derek Bateman. He did a promo. This is a long time ago. He did a promo on Raw, some backstage vignette or something like that, where he was doing cologne for Mark Henry. Do you remember that? And it was a, <laughs> yeah, it was a terrible commercial. It was goofy as all hell. He was gone from Raw after that. He was never seen again. And he did an interview recently that said that commercial was completely written by Vince, and he was the only one laughing backstage when it aired. 
And oddly enough, he was never seen on Raw after that. So um, that goes to show what the entertainment value of WWE and who it's written by and stuff like that. But um, kind of getting back on track here from Fandango to Raw to whatever. Um, Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt is now official for WrestleMania. Now, the build so far, I think, has been good. A lot of mixed reactions. We're not seeing Undertaker till WrestleMania, apparently. So I'm fine with that. But will Wyatt's promos get repetitive? We'll have to wait and see. I'm not really sure. But the thing with me for this feud is that I feel like it would have really benefited from Wyatt and Taker with the streak being on the line. And I feel like if they're going to be doing this match this year and then Sting Taker next year, then why bother breaking the streak in the first place? I'm not saying it was completely pointless. It helped Lesnar to an extent, but the guy's leaving. A lot of different factors here. So, Jacob, I'll start with you. Do you feel like breaking the streak in retrospect one year later was the right move? Um, if, if this is the storyline they're going with, no. I, uh, if Undertaker is going to work WrestleMania, having him wrestle anybody else but Brock Lesnar is a idiotic, idiot, uh, idiotic move, period. Um, there's just, like, we talked about this what, last year, like, I think it was after WrestleMania. Uh, mm-hmm. if you're gonna do it, there was, there was one opportunity to make this whole thing matter. And they dropped the ball. Maybe Taker didn't tell him he was ready until after Rumble. I don't know. But you, if you could, if Taker's going to wrestle at WrestleMania, you're making him look weak by not addressing the man who took him out, period. Mm-hmm. That's making the Undertaker look like a coward. Now, I feel like there's one way they could come back from this is <laughs> this is going to seem really stupid. The Undertaker doesn't show. At WrestleMania. As stupid as that sounds, that's the only way it can work. Just, that, he's going to come down, he's going to beat, Lesnar, uh, Wyatt's going to job to the Undertaker at WrestleMania. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm Wyatt, I'm pissed either way. Mm-hmm. I'm either going to beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania, and hey, I got to win over Taker, but it doesn't fucking matter. Or B, I'm going to job to a dude who just got destroyed a year ago, and I just got buried again. Like, it's too, like, if I'm Wyatt, it's a lose-lose situation for Bray Wyatt. It's so, a lose-lose for both guys, yeah. So think about this. <laughs> all of, <laughs> of all the people that you could have Undertaker wrestle at this WrestleMania, Sting's going to be there wrestling, but he's going to wrestle Triple H. Lesnar's going to be there wrestling, but he's going to wrestle Roman Reigns. Like, why the hell would you do, why? Why, why, Wyatt doesn't need to wrestle the Undertaker. He doesn't. He, they should have done, if anything, a rematch between Wyatt and Lesnar and give Wyatt that win back. I mean, like, the, I understand yeah. what they're, I understand what they're trying to do with the titles, you know, because I think they're going to put the the IC title on Daniel Bryan to give the fans like, hey, <laughs> look, Bryan did something, and they're going to put the, the U.S. title on Cena. So then you got Cena and Bryan holding the two secondary titles, which is good for the secondary titles. It gives them, you know, clout and gives them, you know, a name to put on them, like, you know, all that good stuff. I'm happy that they're trying to fill the secondary titles up. But The Undertaker is such an important aspect to to wrestling fans, period. No matter what level of wrestling fan you are, you appreciate The Undertaker and everything that he's done. So if you're you're really going to send him off into the sunset, why the hell wouldn't it be as a champion or against, because think, there's no more. Because they're they're really hopping up this. 
embodiment of WWE and WCW between this Triple H and, you know, Sting thing, what more embodiment of WWE do you have than The Undertaker? The man who, like, never left. Yeah, he wrestled for WCW for a, a cup of coffee or whatever, but the man never left. He was there from day one to all the bullshit. Sting did that for WCW. So there was just, why wouldn't you have Undertaker versus Sting? Like, why the hell is that not a thing? I don't understand it. Well, I said back in December when it was first rumored that Wyatt versus Taker was rumored for WrestleMania that if you're going to have both guys in the same card, I don't know why you wouldn't do the match. Now, in you know, in thinking about that, with WrestleMania confirmed for Texas next year, the Arlington Stadium, and having to fill or AT&T Stadium, I'm sorry, um, having to fill in that 100,000 seats, we've talked about this before, the only reason this makes sense is if they're saving it for next year. But even then, I mean, I just feel like the timing's off. If you're going to do two more matches with Taker, the streak might as well have been on the line. Because at this point, the match with Wyatt means nothing. The streak is not on the line. Like you said, Wyatt's probably going to lose. And RJ and Mike and I, we talk about this you know, all the time. It's a lose-lose for both guys. Taker's going to lose two years in a row. Is Wyatt going to lose two years in a row? Like, you're having the two losers from WrestleMania face each other. Like, how does that really work, you know? And, and the feud is never going to really get good. I mean, Wyatt's been doing a good job in his role. But we're not going to see Taker till WrestleMania. Now, we know Taker's not going to stick around afterwards. So that's it. There's one and done. Wyatt doesn't get his win back. So who does it really benefit in the end? So, RG, I want to get your thoughts on this feud, too. And, and again, I'll ask the same question and ask Jacob. Do you feel like the streak being broken was the right move? I think I think eventually it should have been broken. I think it should have been broken a while ago. I think keeping it, dragging out to the end of his career kind of was the wrong move to make. Obviously, they, like, they made a star to Lesnar, even though, the thing is, they made a star to Lesnar, who's already a star, so it didn't make any sense. If I had to go back and do it, I would have done WrestleMania 21, him lose to Randy Orton, or have him lose a second time against Shawn Michaels. I think Shawn Michaels had plenty enough in the tank that he could have kept going. I think, I think losing to Lesnar was kind of, like, it made an amazing moment, because people still think of that, and like, holy shit. But, like you said, now Wyatt lost last year. Well, that's it. Lost it's just a year. moment. That's it. It is. It's a moment. And it's it's amazing. But just like, if you're going to have him wrestle again, then like, he needs to win. But Wyatt needs to win too. Because he was was so hot last year. He lost the season. Then he kind of died out. Then he caught hot again this year. And then he's going to lose again. And then, like, like you said, and then he doesn't get his win back either because Undertaker's done. I think, I think, I don't think it really would matter. I think it wouldn't even matter if the streak was on the line because Wyatt would probably job out anyways. So it wouldn't really matter. It would make the match mean feel more meaningful because at this point it just feels like you could put anyone in Wyatt's shoes right now and it wouldn't matter because it just feels like filler until presumably we get Sting versus Triple. Yeah, H but next. I feel like before, like every year, like it didn't really matter because we all knew Undertaker was gonna win. Like Mark Henry, freaking Shawn Michaels twice. I knew Triple H was gonna lose. Triple H twice. Punk, like I, I Triple H three times technically. Exactly. People knew he was gonna lose, so it was like, all right, like Undertaker's gonna win. Like, but now that he lost, it's kind of like. He should just have been done after he lost. Yeah. I don't think he should. I think. What do you say? Continue. I'm, I'm pretty much done. I just, I think they should have put Ambrose in there instead of Wyatt, personally. I think Ambrose would have been better suited in this situation. And because Wyatt is already, Wyatt's going to be breeding and creepy no matter who he wrestles. Like, that's just his character. I feel like they should have gave Ambrose this opportunity because, you know, I just think that would have been more entertaining for me personally. No, I agree. I think it might have been more entertaining, but again, the only issue is that at least with Wyatt, he's been built up strongly. If Ambrose was originally penciled in for that spot, who knows how he would have been booked over the last couple of months, but 
you look back, uh, Ambrose hasn't won a match on pay-per-view since the Shield beat Evolution in June at Payback. Like, they haven't given this guy a win on pay-per-view since then, which is mind-boggling to me, and I highly doubt he wins at WrestleMania. He wins the title. It's either Brian or some other schmuck in that match. We have, like, a million people in that matchup. So, I mean, the way they're booking Ambrose right now is ridiculous, and I don't think he would have been... At least Wyatt is somewhat of a threat. I mean, there's a chance he might win. I feel like with Ambrose, he still would have lost. I feel you there, and that the, the feud would have been more entertaining, but the fact still remains, I don't think Taker would have shown up regardless, and I don't know. I just feel like it's a lose-lose, so I don't know what they're going to do coming out of WrestleMania, but any final thoughts, RJ, on the on the feud between Undertaker and Bray Wyatt coming out of WrestleMania? Ridiculous. I mean, we're going to have to wait and see Poor to see how Poor guy. The guy freaking loses the scene, and then he has to job the Undertaker. <laughs> It's just a filler year. I feel like they're just waiting. It's like with 29. It's just like the tagline for this show is, this show is going to blow because we're waiting for WrestleMania 30. That's pretty much what they're doing this year with 31 and 32. I don't want to completely poop on it until it happens. Yeah, but I feel like 25 sucked and everyone thought it was going to be amazing. It sucked. No, no, I mean 29 and 2030, yeah. 25 sucked, yeah, 25 was terrible. But 24 was great, though. (laughs) Exactly, but it makes no sense. They, like, built it up to be this huge show at the 25th anniversary, and it sucked. That was terrible. At least Undertaker and Sean made it worth it, though. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think one of the the best WrestleManias of all time, in my opinion, was WrestleMania. I know the Lesnar, the Lesnar Goldberg match sucked. But WrestleMania 20, I love that. But you'll never be able to get talk about it, because, of course, you know, Chris Buwaki, whatnot. I think that was great. I think that was a great WrestleMania. I think obviously, like it was fucking long as shit. Five hours. They had way like two long, yeah. different, two random Fatal Four Way tag matches too, which kind of all good sucked. though. All good. They all were good, good matches, and then yeah. um, Kane Undertaker wasn't as good as people like expected it was going to yeah. be. But I think, like you said, I think it was a good WrestleMania. The a- Angle at Guerrero match was eh too. The main events, yeah, I thought that was a really good match compared to everything else. Mm. I thought the main events were great. I well, thought they were really good. I think good. the Evolution uh, that was that really was a good match. Very underrated. Very, very underrated, underrated match. And then, um... Like Cruiserweight Open was good, too. I love it. People are, like, pooping all over that. I saw it got, like, one star when I was looking back at the results on Wiki. Like, I thought that was a really fun match. What are you talking about, Exactly. You know? had a good amount of people in it, and then... And I know Goldberg-Lesnar was not good, but the crowd made that entertaining as all hell. Like, I thought that was great. Um, but, yeah, that was way too long. But I feel like the recent WrestleManias with... Like I said, they might be just building towards next year, but... But that makes no sense. I know. They should focus on right now. We talked about this last week. <laughs> it makes zero sense. I know. And they All just right, we're going to make WrestleMania 27 sucks or 28 <laughs> better. Like, that's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. The issue with 29 was that they had Cena and Rock again. It was the main issue in that whole show. Yeah. It's, it was build. rematch of Mania. Exactly. You can't build once in a lifetime and then have the same thing the next year. Everyone, once in a lifetime. Yeah, same thing. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, like, they made it, like... Everyone, I thought Cena was going to win at 28, honestly. That's what I thought, too. So then when he had us, like, oh, man. And then they had the next year, so everyone knew Cena was going to win. It would make no sense for Rock to win As champion, too. Exactly. Exactly. And it wasn't like, oh, Cena needs his win back. We need to have him beat the best of all time. Like, no, you don't. You just leave it right there. Did Hogan get his win back over Rock? No. No. They had a rematch the following year, and Rock won that, too. That's stupid. It was dumb. It was so stupid. They tried to make, at 29, I cried of laughter, because they watched 18, as you said. Great WrestleMania, too, by the way. Um, when Rock, when Hogan put over Rock, like raised his hand, they tried to do that exact that same, same thing. thing with Cena and Rock at 29. Yep. Like an embarrassment uh, of an attempt. I thought that was <laughs> horrendous. Nope. They had like swagger people, and people buy, people buy John Cena as Hulk Hogan for all of the wrong reasons. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he's a, a limited rep. But here's the thing: Cena will never be Hulk Hogan because Hulk Hogan was better on a microphone. Period. I, I just don't. Hulk Hogan could. could I mean, he's just. There's there's certain things that only happen once in a lifetime. 
And obviously, John Cena has they've done everything they can to make this to make John Cena this generation Hulk Hogan. But here's the thing: I'm not a big Hulk Hogan fan, and obviously, John Cena is better in the ring than Hulk Hogan. That's mm-hmm. not even a question. Yeah, but it's still you don't you can't do it, man. Like there is no. People don't want to see that shit anymore. Like, if this is what it is, is what it was in, like, 95. That's where we are right now. Pretty much. After, pretty much, yeah. 20 years after 1995, wrestling is in the state it was in 1995. It's all stupid gimmicks and baby-faced bullshit. And there's just nobody wants it. Nobody wants any of what we're seeing. People want the shit that, you know, we see on NXT or, you know, that's what... That's the kind of shit we want to see. We don't want to see fucking Captain Super Cena of the SS fucking bury everybody. Nobody wants to see that shit anymore. Like, ever. So mm-hmm. I just don't understand why they just don't get it. Like, as much as I like, you know, Triple H obviously is going to be the heir to the throne of Vince McMahon, period. I mean, that's kind of how they built it up. Yeah. So I feel like Vince McMahon has become what his father was and just thinks you could do things one way and that's it. And and Vince is doing Triple H is doing to Vince the same thing that Vince did to his dad, just waiting around for the old man to ride off. <laughs> Pretty so, much, yeah. Like, oh wait, you mean you want us to be on cable? Yeah, we're gonna do that as soon as you get off the wheel, old man. Like, I feel like that's how Triple H is doing now. Like, yep. oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make people like to arrest them again just as soon as you get the fuck out. So they can be with the cologne commercials. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Vince is never going to step down, so that's that's pretty much the basis of it. But He just needs to step down. He is so out of touch. you got to look it up on YouTube. I don't know if you've seen the video, but it's Vince McMahon out of touch music video. And someone sent it to me last yeah. night after the whole Los Matadores thing. It's so funny. But um, it's funny you mention that, cause too. I laugh every time I watch the Monday Night Wars and the start of every single video. Triple H is like, oh, in 1995, or 1995 when we had all these terrible gimmicks, it was an insult to the intelligence of the fans. Well, fast forward 20 years later, they're doing the same exact garbage they were in 1995. Of course, we saw some great wrestling like we did in 95. I mean, in 95, we had freaking Kevin Nash as champion for a year. At least we don't have that. I mean, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> at least, at least... What? I think Kevin Nash gets a lot of un- gets a lot of unnecessary <laughs> flack. That's just me. I'm not a huge Kevin Nash fan, but the man at the time, there was nobody else who could have done what he did, with the exception of him. Like he, he was good for what he was. Yes. Yeah, he had five moves, but shit, Hulk Hogan had two. Hulk Hogan, Hogan had like three, and he did it for 20 years. I think. One year, Kevin Nash was pretty <laughs> No, true, true though. But I, I say that because '95 was like one of the worst business years that WWE has ever seen, and he just happened to be champion at that time. Maybe it doesn't fall all on him, but I don't even mind Kevin Nash. Like I'd be fine if he won the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But <laughs> RJ is not a Who Kevin was Nash. Who the champion before Kevin Nash? Fucking Bob Backlund. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> about Bob Backlund, nobody. <laughs> Bob Backlund. But, well, we also had Yokozuna and, and, and Brad Hart and a few others, too, in 94 and 93. Yeah. But I, I understand where you're coming from, I though. <laughs> I understand. So we'll end on a positive note here. Uh, Connor the Crusher, Connor, I don't, I don't even bother to pronounce his last name because I feel like I'm going to botch it. Um, but Connor the Crusher, going into the WWE Hall of Fame for the Warrior Award, which I think is awesome. I'm a huge warrior, Mark. But, um, you know, they talked about this. Warrior talked about this in his induction speech last year, the whole wing for the uh, overlooked people and for the people that deserve it the most and stuff like that. So they're doing it in Warrior's name. They're honoring Connor. I think it's amazing. It was one of the highlights of last night's Raw when they showed that video. Uh, very emotional. I thought it was great. So, RJ, I want to get your thoughts on that before we go off the air. 
I think it's I think it's amazing, honestly. I think it's a nice heartwarming uh thing for WWE to do, I think. Like you said last year he was teasing them an award for people that like pretty much like are a warrior and I think it's he's a perfect first induction uh I think it, I think that it will probably be a yearly thing. I, I hope. Oh, I, I believe it will be. Yeah. But I think he's a great. He's probably the best person they could have had as the number one inductee, and I think it's just great for his family and stuff like that. For how much he like pretty much died, like had throughout his last years, and mm-hmm. um, I think it's a great moment. I think it's a amazing thing WWE's doing. Probably one of the best things I'm looking forward to at the, uh, the Hall of Fame this year, with the exception of the induction of the Macho Man. I think everyone else I couldn't. I mean, I'm fine with everyone else for the most part. Like I like Medusa. And yeah. Schwarzenegger uh-huh. couldn't care less about Rikishi, Pana, Rikishi. Bushwhackers. The rest, it's not a terrible Hall of Fame class, but I'm looking forward to Connor and Macho Man the most. And that goes without saying. But um, Jacob, what were your thoughts on the, on the video and the induction of the, the Warrior Award being uh, the, the, with Connor being the first recipient of that award last night on Raw? Uh, Graham, I have a reputation on your show of being somewhat of a hard nosed guy, so I'm going to. Neglect like a comment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's great, man. Like I, that kid, I watched that at a. Oh man, that kid as a as a as an adult who thinks I'm you know over everything and nothing. You know, see it's stuff, heartwarming stuff like that, man. That's cool. I'm really glad they're doing stuff like this too. Now, you know, is it for you know whatever? Who I don't care what the reason for doing it is. I'm glad they're doing. it. Exactly. Like some people will say, "Oh, it's a PR move, whatever." It's. I think it's a lot more than that. I think the the fact that it's in also, Warriors. Also, I am not happy about Randy Savage being in the Hall of Fame. Really? You mentioned. Why do you say I'm that? Not, it's not that. It's not that I'm not happy. Macho Man has deserved it. But why? I've been waiting to talk to you about it. Why in the blue fuck? Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan <laughs> yeah. I knew why, you were going to say why? that. I knew well, you were going like to say that. That's like saying, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna have you know we're gonna induct." <laughs> I don't know. I can't even say it's so bad. I don't even have another comparison to make. The man's hated fucking, like, hey, here you go, fans. Like, we're going to give you what you want, but they're still giving you that WWE bullshit backstage nonsense. Like, oh, here's, like, here's the fucking thing. Like, oh, my God, that's the stupidest fucking thing. Hulk Hogan. I got to watch Hulk Hogan talk about how much he loves the Macho Man. Macho Man hated your fucking guts, you old bald piece of shit. I'm sorry. I'm cursing too much. I fucking hate Hulk Hogan. I hate, <laughs> I hate Hulk Hogan. I've been, I've been waiting for fucking years for Randy Savage, and I'm like, oh my god, like every year, oh god, it's the year Randy Savage. No, damn it. All right, next year, finally they give me what I want. They want him, Randy Savage's due credit, and then they have this fucking Judas, fucking job. <laughs> Oh, I hate. They should have Lanny Poffo and Dr. Um, I think well, Lanny Poffo, I think, is no, going to accept no, on his behalf. Fuck Lanny Poffo. <laughs> no, no. Everybody else in the Poffo family, shut up. They all fucking suck. The only one who mattered was Randy Savage. I don't give a fuck. Leaping Lanny Poffo can fucking fuck off. I hate him. I hate him so much. And I'm so sorry. I'm getting so mad. And this is my last time on the show. I, I understand. But fuck Lanny Poffo. That's the last thing I want to say on the grand show. I want that on record. Who do you think should induct uh, Randy Savage then? Uh, okay, if I had to pick a fitting inductee for Randy Savage, my fitting inductee for Randy Savage would have to be... See, he hated everybody. It's such a hard choice. Like, I don't feel like you need an... <laughs> I don't feel like you need an induction of Randy Savage. Like I feel like it's just they can just sit around and be like, "Yeah, we fucked up. Waiting this long to have Randy Savage." <laughs> yeah, day. I wouldn't like, mind Steamboat. Well, I was gonna say, what about Steamboat or yeah. Elizabeth? 
Oh, Elizabeth dead. Steamboat. She's dead. She's awesome. dead. Yeah. I didn't know she's dead. She died like ten years ago. Did she? Yeah. I fucking know that. That's <laughs> no, okay. Who'd you say? I said Steamboat or Elizabeth. I didn't know Elizabeth died. Yeah, she died. Yeah. Yeah, Liz. Yeah, dude. You hear that shit? Lex Luger killed her. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to spread rumors, but I'm pretty sure Lex Luger was directly responsible. <laughs> Yeah, that happened a while ago, so unless they can bring back her ghost or something, that would be... No, no, I know, Elizabeth. yeah. Elizabeth never said a word in a decade of being in the WWE. Like, you expect her to come out? No. Steamboat would have been great. Um, so, uh, who else, man? I don't know, Steamboat. Shawn Michaels would have been great. Yeah. Somebody like that, you know, even though they hated each other too, but at least <laughs> yeah. not so blatant. At least Matt Rocha Man Randy Savage didn't make a rap album about how much he fucking hated Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah. But she died in 03 a drug and alcohol overdose in the same house right. shared by Lex Luger. Yeah, they were in a relationship at that time. You gotta watch it, the Macho Man DVD. I bought it a while ago. It's a really good DVD and they talk about it on there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, no, that's like the equivalent. Been... Yeah, Steamboat would have been good too, but I feel like it's the equivalent to how they had um, Hogan induct Warrior last year. They thank hated God, each other. Thank God they didn't do that. Yeah, thank God. I mean, Warrior would have killed the guy. I know they ended up making up after the show, just, but I mean. just like. BS, yeah, you know? I know. Like I'm, if, waiting, I'm waiting for Hogan to drop some bullshit. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, before he died, we actually had a long phone. No, you fucking didn't. You <laughs> he already, he already dropped shit. that BS, dude. He already dropped that BS. He's talking no, about he it. fucking didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> he did. did he, really? he did. He did. God damn it. Fuck. Oh, I hate Hulk Hogan. I hate Hulk Hogan. I hate Hulk Hogan. Uh, no I better way to go off the so show much. than that. I hate Rick Flair. Oh God, damn it! Rick Flair is so much better than Hulk Hogan ever thought about being. <laughs> Rick ah. Flair. Rick Flair would have been a great inductor given their history in the WWE. Right? That would have been good. Right. Rick Flair would have been great. They had a really good match at WrestleMania 8, so I wish that would actually. Now that you mentioned that, would have been really, really good. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hashtag Hulk Hogan hate. Trend that on Twitter. I hate Hulk Hogan. He's such a <laughs> dick. Uh, well, no so better way. Overrated, oh no, God. <laughs> no better way to go off the show than that. So with that being said, Jacob, uh, thanks so much for joining us. I think that goes without saying. And then we had a hell of a time with you on the show. And hopefully we can have you back at some point in the near future. But um, before we uh, let you before we let you go though, man, make sure to plug your Twitter and Facebook and anything else you want to shoot out there. Oh man, just now you're just a, at Jacob Bloom. It's got a one B in the middle because B's. I don't know, man. Like yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. You plugged it, man. We're good. I just enjoy doing this. I'll do it as many times as you ask me, brother. You know that. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Sounds good. Well, I mean, we were supposed to get you on here a month ago, but, you know, with all the conflicts and stuff like that, but it was worth the wait, dude. I think that goes without saying. But, um, again, man, thank thanks I apologize for coming on. again for my demeanor. I'm just very, <laughs> so I get very angry at Lonnie and Lonnie Popo and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> no, it's okay, dude. I think you made the show ten times more entertaining. So thanks so much, and we'll talk to you down the road, dude. Absolutely, man. Catch you later, dude. Right. RJ, of course, before we go off the air here, make it to shoot your plugs as well, your uh, shout-outs. No shout-outs this week. Um, at Raymond underscore Marceau. Hashtag, where's Bill DeMott? And <laughs> yeah. can't wait for WrestleMania. Um, Hashtag Hulk Hogan hate. Hate Hulk Hogan. I never <laughs> like Hulk Hogan. Um, besides that, I'm excited for WrestleMania, and hopefully we get a good show this year. 
19 days away. Well, next week we will not be here on campus. Off on spring break. I'm going to Cancun. So are you. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to Cancun. I'm going to be fucking watching WWE Network in the cover of my own home. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going anywhere. But, um, yeah, we're going to be doing a recorded show next week. So no live365.com backslash stations backslash ECTV73. That is in two weeks. We are back here on two weeks on the 20, what's the 17th, 24th. Two-hour spectacular. Not starting at 9. We're starting at 8, baby. We are starting for a WrestleMania roundtable. RJ, myself, and Michael Yoder making his return to WrestleRant Radio. It's going to be a heck of a show. Make sure to be here March 24th, 2015, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 7 Central Time. But in the meantime, in between time, folks, you guys can catch me on Facebook at Graham GSM Matthews, on Twitter at WrestleRant. Have a great week, folks, and we'll catch you next week.